Okay. Many of the halachas of bris milah are derived from um, the psukim in last week's parasha, having to do with the bris milah of Avram Avinu and the subsequent uh, milah that Avram Avinu performed on his son Yitzchak in this coming uh, week's parasha. And in the past, um, around these uh, weeks, having to do with parashas lechacha, parashas vayera, we've discussed different aspects of bris milah, usually focused on the procedure of bris milah, uh, anesthesia during bris milah, mitzitza of milah. Uh, but for those who are not performing bris milah, um, you know, it's 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 less uh, you know, on the front of uh, uh, you know, on the uh, of the person's conscious. What what does come up more often um, is those who are making a bris or attending a bris, and that has to usually to do the focus not on the procedure bris milah itself, but on the brachos uh, that are made uh, in conjunction with the bris and and after the bris. Um, and uh, that's what I wanted to discuss this morning to focus on some of the brachos, some of the nuances of the brachos, and maybe we'll see one theme. Um, that, that does emerge and maybe touch on a few practical points uh, along the way. But in order to understand perhaps the uniting theme that you see in some of the brachas of Bris Mila, um, it's, uh, it's, it's helpful to begin with the Gemara Mishachtas Kiddushim, which discusses the uh, obligation of a father towards his son and all of this, the, 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 the list of mitzvahs that a father is obligated to perform for a son. Obviously, one of them is Bris Mila. And the Gemara derives this obligation the father has performed Bris Mila on his son from the Pasuk having to do with Avram in next week's parasha when Avram Avinu performed. Uh, the bris for Yitzchak, where the pasuk says, "Vayom Avram is Yitzchak Benoi." So Avram Avinu performed Mila and Yitzchak, and so too uh, in all subsequent generations um, of every father's an obligation to perform bris Mila on his son. If the father fails to perform bris Mila, so then there's an obligation for someone else to step in and perform bris Mila, and that's derived from the pasuk in this week's parsha of Himo Yimo Lachem Kozachar. You should perform bris Mila on all males. If Bezdin or you know someone else, um, third party, fails to step in and perform brismigo for this child before he reaches the age of bar mitzvah, then he's obligated to perform brismigo for himself, as the pasuk says in this week's par- in last week's parsha. Orel zacher shelo yimo that uh, any male who fails to perform brismigo is cut off from the nation of Klal Yisrael. So after the uh, boy becomes uh, thirteen and no one has performed for him brismigo, he's obligated to do it. Um, himself. But before he's 13, the father is really the one who's front and center in the obligation to perform bris milah for his son. If he fails to do so, so then Bezin has to step in. Um, the Sefer Mitzvah Katan over here, the Smak, one of the Rishonim, in his enumeration of the mitzvahs, actually counts two separate mitzvahs of bris milah. One, for the father to perform bris milah on his son. The second, for the son to perform bris milah on himself if no one has done it for him before he reaches the age of Bar Mitzvah. And that highlights the fact that there really are two separate um, uh, things going on here. There's the obligation the son has to perform Bar Mitzvah, to be a Gamal, to be Mahul, and then there is the father's obligation to do it for his son. And this Smak actually differentiates between the two and really feels these are two separate mitzvahs in the Minyan HaMitzvah. The Rambam blends the two um, and, and believes that they're really all one mitzvah, which leads us to wonder, as the Minchas Chinuch does, because the Sefer Achinuch follows in the footsteps of the Ramam, as, as he often does, so say, the Minchas Chinuch wonders, well, what is the status of the father after the child reaches the age of Bar Mitzvah? Does the father still have some sort of unique role and, uh, and, and, and special status vis-a-vis the Brismigo of his son after the son is Bar Mitzvah? Maybe everything now has been transferred to the son. Um, but what, what does, uh, you know, the Rambam does, and then that's an interesting thing we could wonder about. After the child is bar mitzvah, does the father have any unique role, or has he, you know, been, been entirely uh, sidetracked or, and, and excluded? However, before the child is bar mitzvah, it certainly sounds like the father is front and center. And it almost even sounds like, from the Rambam, that the father is not here performing a custodial role on behalf of the child, and he's just the first custodian. He's the primary caretaker of the child, and is obligated to help the child perform his mitzvah of bris 
before he's able to do it on himself, it's actually the father's mitzvah. It's not that he's obligated to perform brismila on the son to help the son fulfill his mitzvah brismila. Before the son is bar mitzvah, it's actually the father's mitzvah. And I believe you see this theme emerge from many of the discussions surrounding the brachas that have to do with brismila. For example, the Gemara says over here, Mesech the Shabbos lists the entire seder of how the brismila is supposed to take place. So over here, I say, the Gemara says, Mesech the Shabbos, Perek the first bracha that's made is made by the moyo, um, which is al hamila. Before the brismila takes place, he makes the bracha of al hamila. It seems to be like a traditional birchis uh, hamitzvah that's made over lasiyas. And after that, after that, the father makes the bracha. Uh, over um, uh, bringing his son into the bris, into the covenant of Avram Avinu with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Then the entire tzibor responds, And then someone else, it sounds like, makes a bracha, which concludes with, On this very first bracha, before we get to the, the later ones, but on the first bracha that is made by the Moyo, uh, al So the Rishonim debate, or the Rishonim debate, the Rishonim debate, um, has the original discussion of what is actually the proper uh, um, um, uh, formulation of this bracha. We have it as over here in the Gemara Masech Shab, it says al on the Mila. However, the Gemara Masech debates really what is the proper formulation for brachas uh, as it relates to Birchus mitzvah. Should the proper formulation be al, you know, al, this mitzvah, Sheikh Shem Tzvah like, uh, uh, I'll be your chametz, which is the nusach we have, or should it be levoer as chametz to eradicate the chametz? Is it on the eradication of chametz or uh, to eradicate chametz? Is it live with the prefix live before the activity, or is it al um, the activity? So the Gemara debates this in the context of bris So over here on the second line. Um, the Gemara's real discussion is al biyochametz or levar es hachametz, but the Gemara says, well, what about the bracha of al hamila? Why is it al hamila? So the Gemara says because whenever you have a mitzvah that you don't have to perform yourself, you can delegate to someone else. Then the nusach of the bracha is al. That's why al. Uh, that's why biyochametz says al biyochametz. I don't have to do biyochametz in my own house myself. I could delegate it to a representative. So so too, huh? Uh, there's many examples. Do we shine them here? Have an, there's an entire literature surrounding this, and there are exceptions to every rule. We could go through it, but we're not focusing on that right now. But but it's a fair point. There are going to be a lot that don't fit into the. People have gone through this, and the bottom line was it doesn't work. Look. Well, there's different theories within the Rishonim, and then each one has to patch up the different holes in the ship. But yeah. Well, the Rishonim believe that it does, but they patch up their holes successfully. But you're entitled to your editorial perspective. Yeah. Huh? Uh, uh, right, exactly. So there's many that might not fit the, the, this mold, and the Rishonim again patch up for all the, the problems. However, the Gemara here initially seems to assert that whenever the Nusuk of the Bracha is Al, that means it doesn't have to be performed by you, it could be performed by someone else. So the Gemara explains that's why the Bracha is Al Hamila. Hasam Hechi Neima. Neima Limo? What do you want to say? Limo? Limo implies you have to do it yourself, you can't delegate it to someone else. Loisagi, the Lav Ihu Mahil? Does he have to do it himself? He can't give it to someone else? So therefore, the bracha, the of the bracha is al amila. However, the Gemara says, "What if, huh?" The oh, so then the Gemara says, "What if the avia bet? He is a shliach, but I can give it over to a shliach." No, but you're giving it over to someone else. You can't make a shliach to put on tefillin for you. So the bracha of tefillin is lahaniyach tefillin. You can't make a shliach to put on tzitzis for you. It's lasata for tzitzis. You can't make a shliach to you know lay shape basuka. You can't make a shliach to sit in sukkah for you. You have to do it yourself. 
Maybe. Okay, you're putting a lot... It, it, it could be. We've discussed that part in that direction in the past. Maybe. Um, but certainly the Gemara implies you can make a representative, a delegate to do it for you. You're right, your representative is like you, but at the same time you can delegate it to someone else, like Bir Hametz. I'm making a shliach to do it for me. So so to Al Hamilas because I can delegate it to a male. So says the Gemara, what if the father does it? Avi Aben, What if the Avi Aben is doing it himself? Then it's not a mitzvah, you know, th- then it sounds like it is a mitzvah that he's doing that he's not delegating to others. So then, should the nusach of the bracha change? So the Gemara says, Ein hachinami. Ein hachinami, meaning, good point. Good point. If the father is doing it and he's not delegating it to others, he's doing it himself. Maybe the nusach of the bracha should be, Limo es habein. The Rishonim, um, at least the Ramban over here, and the Ran, reject the conclusion of the Gemara. Understand the Gemara says, fair point, but at the same time, the Nusach of the Bracha remains consistent. And the Nusach of the Bracha of, uh, of, uh, of Mila is always Al-Hamila, because uh, perhaps even when the father is doing it, it's not really his mitzvah, he's doing it on behalf of his son. It's really the son's mitzvah. And therefore, even there, there's some sort of delegating of responsibility, and therefore the Nusach of the Bracha always <laughs> remains Oh, that's the perspective of the Ramban, and that's the perspective of the Ran. However, the Rambam, they're, they're, they, they both note that they're in disagreement with the opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam over here, Oiz Zion, writes that if a person is being mal, someone else's child, the Nusach of the Bracha is Alamila. If he's doing Mila for his own child, and mal as beno, the end of the first line of Oiz Zion, and mal as limo So the Rambam does accept the distinction of the Gemara, Lamaisa, that if you're doing Mila for someone else's child and you're a delegate, you're a, you're a representative for them, the Nusach of the Bracha is Ala Mila. If I'm doing it for myself, then the Nusach of the Bracha is uh, Limo. If I'm doing it for my own child, the Nusach of the Bracha is Limo as Habein. You do it for yourself. If you do Mila for yourself, yeah, like Avram Avinu did Mila on himself. Obviously, it'd be Limo. Uh, li, uh, wouldn't be Limo Asabain. We'd have to have a new Nusach Habra. So, what bracha would you make? I don't know. It hasn't come up yet. Well, you're asking a good question. Avram did do it. Correct. It's a fair point. I don't know. I don't know what the Nusach of the bracha would be because if you're, according to the Rambam, according to the other Rishayim, it might also be remain consistent as Al Hamila. I don't know. It's a fair point. It would have, it should be Le with the prefix Le. But it can't be limo sabein, so it would be limo. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. Al Why doesn't It could go back to alamila. Alamila implies that though you're a, someone else. It's not your mitzvah. Yeah. He certainly didn't say that. Right. That's a fair point also. Uh, uh. So how do we paskin in this issue? So we look over here in the Shulchan Aruch, the uh, Shulchan Aruch paskins, that it makes actually a difference. Who's doing the Mila? And I think that's the, 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 the meaning by Sephardim. If the male is a, not the father, the nux of the bracha is ala Mila. If the male is the father, so then the bracha is limo sabein, like the Rambam. The Ramah cites the other Rishayim who disagree, the Ramban and the Ran, that we remain consistent across the board. We always make ala Migo, regardless of who's performing the bris. And that is, of course, our minic. It doesn't matter who's performing the bris, whether it's the male, whether it's the father, the nusk of the bracha is always um, al-hamila, not limo as habein. Um, however, this view of the Rambam certainly implies that when the father is doing bris mila for his son, it's not that he's doing bris mila for someone else in a custodial role. He's not even the first in line of custodial shit, right? That if he doesn't do it, well, then someone else steps in and does bris mila for the son. He's not just first in line. It's actually his mitzvah. It's his mitzvah, and that's why the Nusuk of the Bracha changes for the Rambam, uh, and when the father performs his milah, the Nusuk of the Bracha reflects that it's, it's, it's something that's personal to him. Now, we don't pass in that way. We assume um, either that we just want to remain consistent in the Nusuk of the Bracha, we don't like this, uh, you know, depending on who's doing the 
Mila that the, the bracha will change accordingly, or maybe it's because we believe that even when the father is doing it, it's not really his mitzvah, he's doing it on behalf of the child. How, I think there's, there's two fair ways of explaining it, but certainly the Rambam's view uh, implies that the father does enjoy this unique status. You see this again as well with regards to the second bracha that's made at a bris, which is la hachniso berviso shal avinu. Now that is made, the Gemara says, the father makes the bracha, aviyah bein, look back at Oisei in the first line of Oisei, Gemara Mesech Shabbos, aviyah bein oimer, asher kisham zvaisa vitzivanu la hachniso berviso shal avinu. When is that bracha made? When is that bracha made? So that's a um, dispute over here in Taisvis on the Gemara Mesech Lashabbos. Um, again, discussing what is the proper nusuch for every bracha, is it al or is it lip, but in that uh, context, Taisu is close to the opinion of the Rajba, that the bracha of lehachniso beviso shlamarvinu is made prior to the performance of the brismila, because le, the Rajba's view, again, this is the Rajba, the Rashmi Shans, one of the Bawaya Taisus, the Rajba that's quoted in Taisus believes that the bracha should be made prior to the performance of the brismila because it is also a birchas hamitzvah. That's what the prefix le implies, it's something that hasn't happened yet that's about to happen. And just like all birchas hamitzvahs you make, you make before you perform the mitzvah, the whole purpose of the bracha is to marshal our kavana, our intent, uh, you know, our, 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 to, to, to have the proper mindset when you're performing the mitzvah. So, so to here, the bracha of Hachnisa should be made before you perform the bris. Rabbeinu Tam disagrees. If you look here on the fifth line of Oisvav, rather, according to Rabbeinu Tam, when should you make the bracha? You should make the bracha Achar Hamila. Of Lachnisa Bavisha Shabbat Ravino. So the Mayo makes Alamila before, the father makes Lachnisa Bavisha Shabbat Ravino afterwards. Even though Lachnisa sounds like it's something that's in the future, and therefore should be made prior to the bris, we actually make it after the bris. If you look at the underlined uh, section, here Rabbeinu Tam implies, it's actually not a birch mitzvah at all. And now what's happening now, you're not making the bracha. We're thanking Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now it sounds like we're thanking Kaddish Baruch Hu for the mitzvah of Brismila, which implies it's a bircha shevach vahidah, an entirely different category of mitzvah, of brachas. It's not a bircha mitzvah, it's made over Lassiyasan. It's a bircha shevach vahidah, I guess, comparable to something to like a bracha on lightning, a bracha on thunder, um, something that you make after you experience something, giving shevach vahidah to Kaddish Baruch Hu for what you just witnessed or just experienced. So be a bracha, bircha shevach vahidah, that you're making afterwards. That's how Rabbeinu Tam implies. However, the nusach of the bracha doesn't seem to reflect that. The nusach of the bracha is asher kedeshana b'mitzvah. You know, oisa ma'isubrachus. Wow, we just experienced you know something that's similar to ma'isubrachus. The koychuk v'rosam alei olam. Kadosh Baruch Hu's power, you know, um, uh, 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 throughout the world. That's the shevach v'aydo. Something reflective here. Asher kedeshana b'mitzvah sevitzivanu. Kadosh Baruch Hu, you know, has, uh, has given us this mitzvah, so it sounds like it's a birchus mitzvah. So in fact, Rabbeinu Tam, if you look at the source of Rabbeinu Tam in the Sefer Yashar, seems to give a slightly different impression than what one would get from Taisvis. Over here, Ois Tess in the Sefer Yashar of Rabbeinu Tam, it sounds like what Rabbeinu Tam is saying is something else, is that there are really two kinds of birchus mitzvah. You can have a birchus mitzvah that's made for a mitzvah that you're about to perform, and this kind of permits me to do the mitzvah, to approach a Kaddish Baruch Hu, of like a knocking on the door before entering, so too we make a bracha before we enter into the chamber of a Kaddish Baruch and perform a mitzvah. But then there are some times you make a birchas mitzvah that's not uh, for something that's about to occur, but on a status that has already been achieved. Meaning it's a birchas mitzvah for achieving a status that's made afterwards. The paradigm for this is the bracha that's made by a ger after he has converted. 
where he makes the bracha of al hatvila after the tvila. The Gemara says in Masechtas Pesachim, right over there in the same sugya, that typically a berachas mitzvah is made before you perform the mitzvah. However, the one exception to that rule, the Gemara says, is the bracha of tvila sager of al hatvila that he makes after he has immersed in the mikvah and become Jewish. Why does he make it afterwards? So the Gemara says because ikasi gavr loichazi before the tvila he can't make the bracha. He's not Jewish, so he have to. Push the bracha of Alatvigo to after the Tvigo, after the immersion, because then he is Jewish, then he can make a bracha. However, Tysus there quotes so many Rishinim that believe that not only do we say the bracha of Alatvigo should be made after the immersion by Tvigos Ger, by Tvigos Nashim as well, when a woman goes to the mikvah, Taras Mishpacha, she should make the bracha of Alatvigo after the Tvigo, after the Tvigo, even though she's clearly Jewish before, right? She could have made Alatvigo beforehand, we still push it till, till afterwards. Some Rishinim disagree. So it's only the gear. The gear is not Jewish before, so he has to make, he can't, he can't make the bracha before, we have to push it afterwards. But Tfilah Sashim should be made before. Because of this machlekes, we shine him when we're supposed to make the bracha of Allah Tfilah. So it says, uh, the Be'er Hetev quotes from the Shulah Kodesh, the custom is, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard to figure out what, what sense it makes to do this, but this is our custom, as a woman immerses once in the mikvah, makes the bracha of Allah Tfilah, then immerses a second time. Some women do more immersions, that's up to them, that's not you know, that's not strictly required. What strictly required is one tefillah, bracha, and then immerse again uh, another. Tefillah to be chayshish for both shittas and rishonim. Should the tefillah bracha be made after the tefillah or should the bracha be made uh, before the tefillah? However, if it's, you know, if it's, uh, the bracha only needs to be made after the tefillah, the Gemara told, told us by the Gemara because he's not Jewish beforehand, uh, why is it that we should extend it to the woman who is Jewish beforehand that she should also make the bracha of Allah Tfila after the immersion and not before the immersion? Why there shouldn't we refer to the general rule? And not to embarrass the gear. The woman is alone in the mikvah. Well, who else is there? What are you not to embarrass the gear? If it's a classic birchas mitzvah, would Odiha then make both brachas? In other words, no, if it's father's doing it. Give me one second. Oh, fantastic point. It's a good question. Anyway, good, good point. We'll get to it in a second. However, why should we extend it to a, uh, a woman who's making the bracha of Allah tefillah, that she should also make it after the tefillah, just like the ger, when she's Jewish beforehand? So, Elamai, it sounds like, somebody trying to understood what this Gemara uh, was, was teaching us, is that even though the Gemara gave a technical reason why the ger has to make the bracha of Allah tefillah after the immersion, not beforehand, because he's not Jewish beforehand, but the Gemara is really saying to us, or conceptually speaking, is really developing a new principle, and that is that there's a second kind of a birch mitzvah, not a birch mitzvah that's made oivel and that's kind of seeking permission to do the mitzvah beforehand, but rather is a mitzvah that's reflective on the past, on achieving a certain status of becoming Tahar, or becoming Jewish. So when the Gemara said that the Brach of Al-Tfilah was made afterwards, what the Gemara was teaching us is the Brach of Al-Tfilah is a different kind of Birch mitzvah, perhaps because if it applies to the Ger, and the Ger isn't Jewish beforehand, then therefore, you know, will by necessity have to be made afterwards, um, but at the same time, even though it might have been a technical reason that, 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 that motivated Chazal to formulate Al-Atfil in this way, in the end of the day, Al-Atfil is formulated differently. Al-Atfil is a different kind of Berch Samitz. It's a Berch Samitz that's on achieving a certain status, on achieving a certain Chaloyz. It might exist by Tfil and too, the same you say to Berch Samitzvah. But you see a different kind. There's a certain kind of Berch Samitzvah that's somewhat different than the garden variety Berch Samitzvah, which is made beforehand. So if that's the case, it could be what Rabbeinu Tam was teaching us is the Berch of Achnisa Bervitsa Shlavim Avinu is made afterwards, not because it's a Berch Hashem Vaidah, it's rather, it is a Berch Samitzvah. The language of the Berch implies that Shekh Hashem Slice of Itzivanu, it's on the Berch, but it's still nonetheless made afterwards on entering, upon entering into the covenant with Avram you know, Avinu. 
Tefillah with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, similar to the Bracha of Al HaTefillah. That's Rabbeinu Tam. So it could be everyone agrees it's a Birch Samitzvah. The question is, what kind of Birch Samitzvah is it? But just getting back, the Rashmi Shantan Taisis held it was made beforehand. Rabbeinu Tam held it was made afterwards. Others argue that even, uh, even if it is a Birch Samitzvah, it should be made afterwards for a different reason. Not because it's a separate kind of Birch Samitzvah, maybe because of Birch Hashem If you look over here in the Ravid, actually in Hilchis uh, Ishus, having to do with the bracha that's made on uh, Kiddushin. So the Ravid writes that the bracha that's made on Kiddushin is made after the Chassan gives the cow of the ring. We don't have that practice. We make the bracha before the Chassan gives the cow of the ring. That's the opinion of the Ramam. It's a Birch Samitzvah that's made Oivalasiyasan. The Ravid agrees it is a Birch Samitzvah, but he holds it's made afterwards. Why? Because whenever you have a bracha that depends or that involves someone else, you're never sure if the other party's going to follow through. So you always have to hedge. So we, we don't want to make the bracha before and then end up with a bracha levatola. So we make it afterwards. So the Ravid says, Birchus Eresin, we don't know if the cow is going to accept the, the ring. So it depends on some other party. So therefore we make the bracha afterwards. So too, by Mila, typically the Ravid says the bracha is going to, the mitzvah is going to be delegated to a moyo. The moyo, I hope, does what I hired him to do. But at the same time, it's a little bit in the hands of someone else. So in order to hedge, we make the bracha afterwards. We don't make the bracha. Huh? That's the Rashba says. Yeah, because we don't know if we'll take the money. Or we they don't make the bracha at all. Here we push it till afterwards. But there you don't. Yeah, it's yeah. a good question. Yeah, good point. Anyway, so over here, huh? What would he make on himself? You never know if somebody's going to complete the bracha. He may drop dead the second before he does the, does the mitzvah. Yeah. Correct. So that's why. So why do you no, make whenever you make a bracha on anything. Oh, the, 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 the baby. No, anything. Any bracha. So Mara says because we're not chayshish for Misa. We're not chayshish. Shema yomos like chayshina. Shema meis chayshina. Mara misafes. You had it. You had it. Yeah. If the guy's a good says, maybe. But otherwise, no. We're not afraid for that. Yeah. Anyway, so the Rashba follows in the same line of reasoning. This is the real Rashba that we're used to, not the Rashmi Shans, the Balotais. So over here, Oisid Aleph, the Rashba follows the same line of reasoning as the Ravid. He says, well, and then if the father is performing the bris, um, where he doesn't delegate it to someone else, maybe he should make the brach of Lachniso, Bevisa Shavamavinu beforehand. If he's delegating it to someone else, then where he, you know, he depends on, on other people to follow through on the mitzvah, so then maybe he should make the bracha, the, should make the bracha afterwards. But because of this huge debate within the Rishonim, should the bracha of Nisa, Bevisa Shavamavinu be made beforehand? That's what the Rash, Rashba and Taisus told us. It's a birchsa mitzvah. Let, it, let us make it beforehand, or maybe it should be made afterwards. Like Rabbeinu Tam told us, maybe it's a birch Hashem of on the, you know, praising Hashem for the institution of or maybe it's a bracha achieving, you know, a certain status. It is a kind of birch mitzvah, but it's achieving a certain status, and therefore it's made afterwards. Or maybe because of the practical concerns, you're putting it in the hands of someone else, and I don't know what's going to happen. So we may, you know, push the bracha to afterwards. So because of this debate, the rush came up with a compromise. Again, similar to what we do by tvila, you do the tvila, make a bracha, second tvila. The rush came up with a compromise that we should do it in between the mila and the priya. Over here, Oisid Beis, and that's the opinion that's accepted by the Shulchan Aruch. Over here, Oisid Gimel, that the father should make the bracha of Lachnisa by Vishalav Marvinu in between the Mila and the Priya. Avram Avinu was only given the mitzvah of Mila. However, the Gemara tells us in Mitzvah Tzivamis that it was added later on, based on Halach Lomayshim Sinai, that there's a second part to the mitzvah of Bris Mila, which is known as uh, Priya. And Priya is critical to the Mila. If you, the Gemara Mishnah says in Mitzvah Tzivamis, Hamal Vulo Parak Hilu Lomal. If you did Mila without Priya, it's as if you didn't do Mila at all. What is the priya? What is the priya? And the priya has to be formed a certain kind of a way. So the 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 priya is uh, underneath the underneath the foreskin. There is a mucous membrane. 
a mucous membrane. I think, I think the biological, the anatomical term is called the prepuce. So the, there's a, uh, that's for the foreskin, and then there's a pu- prepucial mucosa, which is behind the foreskin, which attaches to, in infants, is attached to the glands. Um, and that has to be, uh, so, so in, based on what the Gemara is telling us, is that meal and prio used to be done in two stages. How do they do it? So what they, what they would do is um, the mayo would separate between this uh, arha arla, which is the foreskin that looks like the skin of the rest of the body that's on the, the outside, and then the prepucial mucosa, which is this mucous membrane attached to adhere to the glands, he would separate it with his nail. See, uh, uh, the skin comes out of the shaft of the penis, then comes, uh, fall, it goes out over the glands, and then comes back and reattaches to the body below the glands. So it's, uh, there's two layers to the foreskin. So what the Mayo um, would do is use his fingernail. That's what it says over here at Shulchan Aruch. That's how the Priya should be performed. You would take your fingernail. Uh, you would have to have a sharp fingernail in order to do this. Um, and separate between the Arha Arla and the Arha Priya. Meaning separate in this double layered skin, which would come out you know, behind the glands and then go out over the glands and come back. So he would separate between them with his fingernail. He would remove the upper layer of skin that's the mitzvah mila, and then this lower mucous membrane, he would rip, that's what's called priya, he would tear it, and then pull it back. Tear it and pull it back. The reason why it was performed this way is, uh, or, or what this comes to teach us, Avram Avinu didn't have this. What does it mean he didn't have the arha priya? What it means is that it was no longer adhered to the top of the glands. In a mature male, so it's no longer adhered anymore, and the mucous membrane becomes uh, thicker, more like, not entirely, but more like the foreskin on, you know, that's on the outside. So Avram Avinu didn't really have the arha priya. He was a mature man already. However, on an eight-day eight, eight, eight you know, old baby, it is adhered to the top of the glands, and the milo should be performed in these two separate stages. The Beis HaLevi over here in the Sefer HaChumish explains that this really represents two different aspects to our covenant with our, with our Kaddish one is surmei uh, ra. You have to remove the bad. That's removing the arha when that's on the outside. And then there's asay toiv. So you want to do good. So what they would do is take the arha priya and peel it back and leave it attached to the gid. We stayed attached to the to the body. That's what the Beis Halevi says. We mean in the bracha of Ashkida shidim ibetem mechayk v'sheirot sam v'tzed so av chosam ba'ispris kaidish. His children are sealed with the ispris kaidish. That refers to the priya. Because that remains attached to the body that represents the Asay Toif. Now, why do you have to use the fingernail? So it says in Shulchan you're supposed to use the fingernail to separate between these two layers of the foreskin. Um, the reason why you're supposed to use the fingernail is because it says in the Zerah HaKadosh that every child that comes to a bris is like we're performing a carbon. That's why we say at the time of the bris, Asher Tivchar, Asher Tivchar Vesikrov, so we mentioned bringing carbonos at the time of the bris. Why do we mention bringing carbonos? Because the bris itself is a little bit like a carbon. That's why it's such a kibud to have sound of because it says in the Ramah, whoever is holding the baby is serving as the mizbeach for this carbon. That's why it's such a schos to hold the, the baby. Uh, it takes place. Uh, they have it. But, they do pre they do it. Oh, no, pre, uh, so we'll get to how Priya is done in a second. But that, that's how it's done on a, on, a, on, an, uh, on, on a small baby. By the way, some say Kvater comes from this too. Kvater, what is the language Kvater? Kvater is the, uh, usually a husband and wife who bring in the baby from outside the shul to inside the shul. Where does the language of Kvater come from? So some say the language of Kvater comes from Kvater, which means the cover that's by the door. In Yiddish, a tear is a door. So it's the cover that's by the door, the door covered. However, the Archashokhan says it comes from the word koiter, 
which means the one who is being mocked here, the one who is involved in the carbon because he's uh, carrying the child. Okay, very nice. So since it comes from carbonus, so the way you're supposed to separate between the Orha Orla and Orha Priya is with the fingernail, because that's how the Kain used to do Shechita. On uh, Oifis, he used to do Malika, and the Beis Hamikdash was with the fingernail. So, so too, the, uh, the separation between the Orha Orla and Orha Priya should be done dafka, um, specifically with the fingernail. And separated between the two, the Orha Orla is removed, the Orha Priya is pulled back. Um, in our times, this is already more recent, uh, you know, last few hundred years, that is, not bec- that is not the custom in many places. The custom in many places um, is to do Mila and Priya Babasachas, to do them both together. How is that done? The Moyo probes underneath this mucous membrane, between the glands and the mucous membrane, and separates it from the glands. And then he pulls both over the glands, using a forceps, puts a shield down to protect the glands, and cuts along the shield, and removes the Orha Arla and the Orha Priya together. They don't pull back any Orha Priya in many places. They do it. Milo Priya Babasachas. That's why the baby cries right before the bris. They tell the mother the baby is crying because they unwrapped the, the diaper and it's cold. <laughs> the baby's not crying because it's cold. What the baby is crying from is the male is probing, um, separating this Orha Priya from the glands. And that causes a minimal amount of bleeding and certainly pain to the child. Some male are very fast. So people think, oh, he's causing less pain. The male who's fast just probed outside the shul. So he shepherded the baby in the back room, probed before they ever entered into the shul, and then when he gets in there, he has much less work. All he has to do is take the four, not all he has to do, but all he has to do is take the four steps and put the mugging down, and then he can begin the bris. Uh, some male are careful, or they don't want to shepherd the baby twice. So they do the probing inside of the shul. That's why the baby is crying, and that's why it sometimes takes a little bit. Uh, I'm not excusing Mayalim who are sloppy and take a long time, but that's why some Mayalim take a little bit longer than others because they're probing there in the shul. And they do Milo Bepriyo Babasacha. So this was somewhat controversial. Anytime you change Minhagim, particularly when it comes to Bris Milo, you're going to feel it. You're going to hear pushback. So many Achreidim, the Binyan and the Maram Sheik, the, you know, the classical Achreidim who would be opposed to change Minhagim, were very opposed to changing this minute, they felt we should continue the practice of doing Mila and Priya in two separate stages. So that's why in many Chesidusha circles, they continue to do Mila and Priya in two separate stages. Some actually have the Mayo uses his fingernail to separate between the Oha'arla and Oha'priya. They pull over the Oha'arla, pull back the Oha'priya after they're done. That's the way it's done. However, in many of our circles, the way that it's done is Milo Priya Babasacha. So Moshe writes in the Gros Moshe that it's allowed. It's unclear if Moshe is endorsing it or Moshe is tolerant of it. Whatever it is, the story is in our places we do Milo Priya Babasachas. Some even trace it all the way back to the times of Haigoin. In times of Haigoin, if you have, I gave it to you over here in the Chuvis of the Goinim, that there was some Bikiim, he says, who knew how to do Milo and Priya Babasachas. They did it both together all at once. However, the problem with doing this is, well, when do you make now the Brach of Achnisa Bervisa Shlavim Avinu? If the rush told us as a compromise, we said as a big machlekas, when are you supposed to make the bracha of Nisa Ravino? Should it make it be made before the Mila? That's what the Rajban Taisus held. It should be made afterwards, like Rabbeinu Tam. So the rush suggested a compromise. Make it in between the Mila and the Priya while you're still involved in the mitzvah, but it's before the second stage of the mitzvah. So it's after part of it, before the second part of it. What about today that we do Mila Priya Babasachas? When are you going to make the bracha of Nisa Ravino? So Ramosha writes in Igris Mosha, well, what you should do is. Do it right after the mail. Hopefully, while the mail is still involved in the bris, the mail again is going to make alamila before he starts cutting. Hopefully, the father should rush. That's why you hear a lot of times the father is rushing to say That is proper. He should try and rush to do make the bracha at least while the mail is still involved 
in the Mila to try and fulfill at least the compromise of the rush to make it a little bit before, a little bit after, or perhaps during, while the Mola is doing the Brits in order to satisfy both, both views. Who is making the other bracha of Achnisa Bavisha Shabbat Ravinu? Sigmar said it was the father. The Rambam believes over here, or Zayn, if you look back, that it's only the father who makes the bracha of Achnisa Bavisha Shabbat Ravinu. If there is no father, there is no bracha. If there is no father, there is no bracha of Achnisa Bavisha Shabbat Ravinu. The bracha is not Ma'ake, is it? Of course not. No bracha is ever ma'ake, typically. How about a convert? Yeah, I don't think there is a bracha of lachnisa. There's different brachas that you make by a ger. Not lachnisa. Yeah, the, the bracha of a ger, the mu of a ger, is um, much more lengthy. It's a whole different uh, nusach. Uh, I don't remember it offhand. It's a different nusach. No, no two separate brachas. So the Raman believes if there is no father, you don't make the bracha of Achnisa. The Raiva disagrees over here in the bottom of Isaiah. He says if there is no father, then someone else makes the bracha. Maybe the Sandik or someone else. How do we paskin on this issue? So the Shulchan Aruch goes like the Rambam. Shulchan Aruch feels that if there is no father, then no one makes the bracha. And the Ramah disagrees. And he feels if there is no father, then someone else should step in and make the bracha. Why do we have the bracha of Achnisa Bavisa Shavim Avinu in the first place? So Beis Yosef explains the reason why you have that bracha is because maybe there's two separate mitzvahs going on here. There is one mitzvah of Mila that the Maya was doing on behalf of the child. But then there is really a second mitzvah, and that is the father's obligation in Bris Mila. And therefore, if the father is not going to be the, typically the Maya, you have to have a bracha that reflects his unique status, which is the bracha of Achnisa Bavisa Shavim Avinu. And this is highlighted by the sheet of the Rambam, that feels that if there is no father, there is no bracha of Achnitza Bavisa Shavu Mavina. So again, you see that, that it's not so much the father is doing the mitzvah on behalf of the child, the father has a unique role, a unique status, which is almost irreplaceable. And if there is no father, so then the bracha of Achnitza Bavisa Shavu Mavina isn't even made. One final place where you see this unique status of the father is with regards to the bracha of Shechianu. The Rambam writes over here, Oisid Zayin, that the Avi Abain, at the time of the performing of the Brismigo, makes a Shechianu. Like every mitzvah that's Bami's Man is Man, a mitzvah that you have an opportunity to perform from time to time. Um, like the Mitzvah of Brismila, maybe, so maybe you should make a Shechianu. Hagoyz Maimonides on the bottom of the Rambam cites from other Rishayim that disagree. There is no bracha of Shechianu. Why? Very strange reasons. Because Tzara do Yenuka, the child is in pain. That's not a great reason, because the child is in pain to forfeit or uh, the bracha of Shechianu, because a person loses a parent loyal and they receive a Yerusha you make a bracha of Shechianu on the Yerusha you received. If you received a new item, you make a bracha of Shechianu. So even though there's, of course, tremendous tsar and anguish, uh, emotional distress at that time, nonetheless, you make a Shechianu. So if you make a Shechianu at that time, certainly you can make a Shechianu over here just because the baby is crying a little bit. You know, tzar, I'm not minimizing its discomfort, but you know, tsar diyanuka shouldn't be a reason not to make a Shechianu. Another reason not to make a Shechianu is uh, because maybe the child is a nafil, says Chaz Fashon. And it says over here in that Ghost Minus. Yeah, but we're not really Khaish the child of the Nafel. The child would be a Nafel, we wouldn't be making the bris in the first place. So obviously we're not really Khaish the child as a Nafel. So because of all these uh, you know uh, reasons that don't seem that 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 uh, that satisfying, many uh felt that maybe we should say Shekhyanu. So if you look in the Shokhanar, Shokhanarok Paskins, that uh, you should make a Shekhyanu, the Ramah sites to Rishainim that you don't make a Shekhyanu, that's our custom here in Chutzlaris, we don't make a Shekhyanu. However, the Vilna Gain sided with the Shulchan Aruch because he felt that none of the Rishayim had a good reason to pass on the Shechianu. They said all these reasons, but they aren't that satisfactory. So in the Eretz Yisrael, they filed the Menhagim of the Gain, so they do make a Shechianu at a bris. Here in Chutzlaretz, we don't make a Shechianu at a bris. What about an Israeli who's making a bris here in Chutzlaretz? 
So Rabbi Yashav has in his chuvis, Kavish chuvis, you should not make a Shechianu. The Israelis should not make a Shechianu here. Many Israelis will not follow that. They feel that it's their right to make a Shechianu. They're believers in the Minhage Agra, and uh, they, they will make a Shechianu here. They should do it quietly. If you're going to do it, uh, Svarim may make it, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, anyway, but our, yeah, they follow Shachnarach. Our custom by Askenazim here is not, not to make a Shachianu. However, the Haggai's Maimonides there quotes another view of the Rav Yah, that it depends if the father is the one who's doing the bris, then you make a shachianu. If someone else is doing the bris, then you don't make a shachianu. Now, this view is actually cited in the Shulchan Aruch, that it depends who's making the bris. If the father is doing the bris, yes, shachianu. If, no fa- if the father is not doing the bris, no shachianu. The Ramah says no shachianu under all circumstances, but the Rav Yod does quote that view, and that seems to, again, echo this perspective that there is a unique status to the father. The father, if he makes, uh, you know, does the mila, maybe the nusach of the bracha changes to limo sabein. The father is the only one who makes lachnisa avinu, and perhaps is the only one who can make a shachianu. There is one additional bracha that's made, which we, we, uh, we uh, quoted, we saw earlier in the Gemara Mishach the Shabbos, and that's made by another party, which concludes with kairei sabris. That bracha that's made by another party is usually made in conjunction with a case of wine. And that's based on the general rule of the Gemara Mishnah. This bracha is Ein Oymrim Shira El Elayin. Whenever we praise a Kaddish Baruch we do so in conjunction with wine. Elevates the Shira to a Kaddish Baruch Whenever you make a bracha over a case of wine, the Gemara tells Mishnah, this Erevin HaMavarek Tzarech Shiyitoim. Whoever's making the bracha has to taste from the case of wine. So if you're a machubid with this bracha, you have to drink from the case of wine. The problem becomes that after we make this bracha, the custom of Kali Yisrael is to, Minig Yisrael is to be kare shame, to give the child a name. And a whole paragraph that goes with the Kriya shame. Why do we do the Kriya shame at the time of the bris? So the Mate Moshe over here, Oishchaf explains that it's based on the precedent of Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu's name changed at the time of his bris Milo from Avram to Abraham, and that's the time, therefore, that we give a name to uh, to uh, the baby. It's also at the time of the bris Milo. The problem is, what's going to happen? You make a bar priyagafen. Asher kidash did me beten, and then the kriyas shame. What do you do about drinking from the kais now? Hamavar tarshayitam. Someone whoever made it, whoever made the bracha has to drink. When is he going to drink? When should he drink? Before the kriyas shame. The kriyas shame is also made over the kais of wine, a full cup of wine. Um, so should he drink? Fill the kais of wine again, and then whoever has the kriyas shame will make it over the cup of wine. Or should he delay drinking until after it's all over? So both perspectives are cited over here in the tour. The tour cites both perspectives. Maybe the person who's making the bracha should drink after that bracha, and then refill the cup a little bit with wine to continue with a full cup, and then hand it over to someone else, or if he himself is going to do the kriyas shame and then make the kriyas shame over the full cup of wine again. Or should he delay drinking all the way to the end? Obviously, what they're arguing about is, is the Kriyashe a hefzik between making the bracha and drinking? Is it a, a different you know, objective, or is that really part of the, you know, the whole ceremony of the bris, and therefore it doesn't constitute a hefzik, and you could delay drinking till it's all over? Rabbi Kiva Eger, they say, it's quoted in the Savim of the Sefer family, which also has many Menhagen for Rabbi Eger, and uh, some Sefer and Rabbi Eger were related. So many of the Menhagen of Rabbi Eger were transmitted through the Sefer family and are quoted in the, uh, this, the literature from that family that the meaning of Rabbi Eger was to drink right after uh, the Brach of Kareh Sabris and then refill the Kais and hand it over to someone else who was going to do the Kriya Shem. Uh, Ramosha, in the Igor's Moshe, writes that that was his custom too. 
What's interesting though is the tshuva there is to Rab David. In the third volume of the Igros Moshe Yardaya, he's a tshuva to Rab David. Rab David says, Why are you drinking, his son? He says, Why are you drinking from, uh, why are you drinking from the kais? Because you're afraid that the Kriya Hashem is a hefsik. So, so he said, But if someone else is going to have the Kriya Hashem, which a lot of times they split up these two kibudim, so instead of drinking, because that wasn't the custom, even though that's, that's what Rabbi Kiva Eger did, Rabbi Kiva Eger drank, you know, in between the refill, the Christ, or the Kriyash. And the custom always was, though, that the person drank at the end. So David said, Ramash over here was doing like Rabbi Kiva Eger, but it, it, to a lot of people it looked strange to drink and then refill. That wasn't the custom. So he said to Ramash, why do you have to do that? Just be quiet. Don't say anything during the Kriyash, even though there's some responsive reading. Don't answer. And remain quiet, and you'll drink from the cup of wine all the way at the end. So Ramash was masking. He, he was masking to David that. At first, he's not sure. He said, why should, if I'm doing what's halachically correct, why am I concerned with the minig? I'm following halacha. The minig should, should take a, you know, should defer, give deference to the halacha. So if what I'm doing is api halacha, who cares what the minig is? Ramesha goes back and forth about this struggling with that. But at the end of the day, he concedes to Rabbi David that maybe that's preferable. If someone else is going to have the kriya shame, whoever's making the bracha, should not drink from the kais of wine, just remain silent on the side. He'll hand over the kais of wine to someone else who's going to make the kriya shame. Then at the end, he has to take it back, and that's when he will drink. That's when he will drink. Um, it's interesting, Rabbi Yisha seemed to pass, and it is a hefsik. So he's struggling how to do it. Maybe, he said he used to do it, Rabbi Kiveger, but then he heard the time of Rabbi David, maybe he'll just remain quiet and take the kais of wine back at the end. Rabbi Zalman, says something else. Rabbi Zalman goes almost in the opposite direction. Rabbi Zalman feels it's not a hefsik at all. He writes in the Mincha Shlom, it's not a hefsik. It's not a hefsik, says Rabbi Zalman, it should really be done by the same person. It should really be done by the same person because it's the same Indian. You shouldn't be able to split it up. That's why it's not a hefsik. So Shlomo Zalman felt that if, uh, if, if uh, he's going to do both, so then he would drink all the way to the end. If he's going to hand it off to someone else, then he felt that, that already you're saying that it's two separate ideas, so then he would drink before the Kriya Shem. So Maisha, it's interesting how just the opposite. Maisha held that if he was going to do the Kriya Shem, the Kriya Shem is a hefsik, so then he would drink before the Kriya Shem and, you know, and, uh, and then refill the kais. If someone else was going to do it, then he would drink, he would drink all the way at the end. Shlomo Zalman held just the opposite. If he was going to do both, fine. Then it's not a hefzik, he'll drink all the way at the end. If someone else was going to do it, then he would, drink, he would drink earlier. I have no problem with either view. But if one does get this kibud, one is making this bracha, you always have to make sure to drink. I've seen a lot of times. The minig is not to drink until the end. I would say that's the more prevalent custom. There's some, some who are medactic to drink before and then refill the kais, but most drink all the way at the end. However, what happens sometimes is you get a guy who makes the bracha prepriyagaf and he makes the shakidah shidimi, but then he hands over the kais to someone else to make the kriya shem and then he walks away as if, you know, the bracha is, uh, you know, is, is going to take care of itself. Sometimes if they're not, not careful, a lot of times the bracha, and that, 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 that is mamashur, a bracha of atol. So that, that is a problem. So whoever was making the bracha has to make sure to drink. I don't care if you drink at the end. I don't care if you drink in the middle. I'm fine with either one. But if one does get this bracha, we should be by simchas and nachas. If one does make the, get the, the bracha, one should make sure to drink from the kaisa. Okay, so have you got your more?